Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Hi, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm so glad that you could be with us. I want to thank all of you for being with us at the Make It Clear Media. I'm president of Florida Bible College, as well as president of Make It Clear Ministries. And you know, when you listen to our programs, you'll notice that most of them are all expository Bible teaching. That means we go through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. But at the same time, we also do a life application so that people know that the Word of God is not just for us to know, it's for us to do. But from time to time also, we have special guests that we ask to join us, guests that we believe that God has worked in their life and that they will have a life message that could be shared with you so that you too could grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. We're grateful for all of our guests, but I have to tell you, the guest that we have today happens to be my favorite guest that we're going to interview. I want you to know that today we're going to interview Carol's and my son, and this would be Joseph Pons, of course. And so, Joe, I want to welcome you to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, here's what we're going to talk about today, and our time is really going to fly by. It might sound like it's going to be the Joe and Stan show, and a little bit it will be, but our heart's desire is that what is shared with you will make a difference in your life. So let me kind of give you a quick background, and then we're going to show you how we're going to do this. Our three main topics for today... And they're going to go very quickly, so we won't be able to go deep into them, but enough to help you. The first one we're going to talk about is what it's like to grow up in a minister's or a Christian leader's home and all the stresses and the busyness of it, and yet still have a family. The second will be probably the most enlightening is that Joe was adopted. Now, he wasn't adopted as an infant. He was adopted as a seven-year-old. Yes, young but still already much set in his ways. Right now, he's living for the Lord, and we just love the way he is loving the Lord and loving others. And we're going to talk about the dynamics of being adopted. And again, that could be many different programs, but it'll be just a short version. The other thing is that Joe has been involved in the fitness industry for many years. So it's not just a one and done thing with Joe. He's been trained, he's certified in fitness, and we're going to talk about what part fitness plays in a Christian's life. And so I hope that you could be with us for the entire program. In fact, Maybe very quickly, text some of your friends so that they can be a part of this as well. Let them know that they can be a part of our program. So, Joe, again, let's kind of get into this because we're going to use the first half of our program with I'm going to interview you, and then we're going to switch seats, so to speak, and you're going to get a chance to ask your dear old dad questions maybe about the same topic, and together I hope that it'll be a blessing to all of you that will be watching or listening to our program. So, Joe, let's begin. You know, you came into our family when you were seven years old, and we were so excited to have you in our family and as as much as we are today. But you didn't come into just a, a regular family, when we might say, where dad goes to work in the morning, comes home at night, and then he plays with the kids, and every weekend you do something, and you go on vacation every summer. You jumped in as a seven-year-old, not being a Christian, into a home where that it was full on for God, morning, noon, and night, weekends, etc., and yet still had time for the family. So let's talk about that adoption for just a moment. How was it being adopted into a family that was already in ministry and so busy? Not knowing what I didn't know, it was a huge comfort when I look back. Mm-hmm. Coming from foster homes and that we were bounced around in adoption homes and a very secular world, coming into a just full-on for God Christian home gave a certain uh, level of, now I didn't know it then, mm-hmm. but looking back now, I can certainly tell you that, that it gave a certain amount of uh, comfort 
mm-hmm. uh, stability, um, and an overwhelming feeling of love that I'd never felt before. That's a great answer, and I do appreciate that. Let's talk about in many families, and I know that I probably did the same. We get sometimes so busy that we take our kids for granted, and especially a, a seven-year-old adopted that is trying to navigate in a new life. I might not have always hit the nail on the head every time, and maybe even bent it a little bit. And I hope I didn't break it. But coming back to this. What do you remember as some of the times of being in a Christian home that was busy that you liked? The fellowship and mm-hmm. going from place to place. It was always kind of exciting being Dr. Stampon's son, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, so wherever we went and you were speaking or uh, guest speaking or teaching or whatever, um, there was always that, oh, that's Dr. Ponza's son. Mm-hmm. And so coming from being a nobody and an orphan and, and didn't have that attention mm-hmm. that that really was a great feeling. Mm-hmm. I almost felt like a celebrity, but at the same time, because there's two sides to everything, it was yeah. also very um, tough sometimes mm-hmm. because you're under the magnifying glass. That's right. There is, Oh, you're Dr. Ponza's son. Mm-hmm. And then there's, Oh, you're Dr. Ponza's son. Okay? <laughs> so um, the, it was great in the sense that uh, I've really got that uh, feeling of um, importance, mm-hmm. uh, significance. I was important to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, I, I really had to learn to quickly watch my P's and Q's. And, and watching your P's and Q's, was that an over burden to you or is it just something you live with almost like a toothache occasionally e all the above (laughs) (laughs) Um, there is uh sometimes that it was um well i just felt like everybody was on my case Mm -hmm. you know i I breathed the wrong way or sneezed the wrong way and i felt like well you know everybody's watching me Mm -hmm. and there were other times that really helped me grow and mature as far as it really helped me how to socially adapt, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what's proper and what's, what, no, what's not proper in the, in the soul sense of, Hey, which fork or spoon do I use when I'm eating at a, at a formal dining, something sure, like that. Sure. So it was, um, overall both mm-hmm. balance and it's all about a matter of how and what I chose to learn from. Sure. I remember that as you continue to grow and get some, some direction in your life, your mother and I encouraged you to get involved in a couple of ministries. And one of those ministries was Awana. And Awana helped you memorize a lot of verses. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy being a part of Awana? Here you are basically non-saved, and now you get saved and thrown into Awana. How oh, was that experience? Absolutely. It was, it was phenomenal because, once again, I'm coming from uh, this secular world that nobody wanted me, nobody loved me. And you felt that. You knew that when you're in that situation mm-hmm. into another situation where you're loved, you're nurtured, and now you have these goals of memorizing verses. You're working with other kids and other peers that are doing the same things that you're doing. And once again, not knowing what I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, the, I, I, I'd never been a Boy Scouts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just figured that's the way life was, you know, <laughs> and, and I really enjoyed it. And you really excelled, if I recall correctly. I mean, you jumped into this thing and you went all the way up and got the Timothy Award as the one who did all your memorization. You knew all the things that you did, but it didn't end with the one and done. I did a one and now I'm going to go do my own thing. You transitioned then into Child Evangelism Fellowship. And I remember that then it wasn't like you're one of the kids in the club. You became one of the youth leaders, so to speak, the young people that was working with the kids. How was that experience for you? Because, again, you'd only been saved a short time coming into this home, being adopted, and boom, you're with Child Evangelism Fellowship evangelizing other kids. Uh, It was amazing. Now, you say uh, you've only been saved a short amount of time. And although that was true, there was constant, and you remember the morning mm-hmm. devotions and then mm-hmm. the things that we had, uh, the character traits, that was always fun yeah. going through that. Um, and so there was a lot of growth 
from the moment that I was saved to that point where I went into Child Evangelism Fellowship. And I, and I have you and mom mm-hmm. to credit for that. There was constant teaching, constant training, uh, constant devotions, constant mm-hmm. prayer. Um, and that was what, what our world was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you, Child Evangelism Fellowship is probably one of the, uh, in the most humbly way, humble way, um, one, of the, one of the most things I was proud of is, mm-hmm. is child or growing up, mm-hmm. um, I really got a chance to still be under the guidance of you and mom, mm-hmm. but really step out on my own and have my own ministry that I felt like God was really leading me to do. And quite honestly, I just love working with children. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just a natural for me mm-hmm. and God really blessed me. So lots of souls uh, come to Christ and I had lots of great memories doing that. So yeah, I appreciate that. Well, dear ones, in case you're just tuning in, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm the Bible teacher here on Make It Clear, but also the president of Florida Bible College and Make It Clear Ministries. Our special guest today is our dear son, Joe. And so if you're hearing a story about Joe's life, you're hearing it that's most unusual, adopted at age seven, instantly in a family that is very busy and public and visible, and yet learning the word, learning the the ropes of how to grow in the Lord. So I'm very grateful that he could be with us on our program today and be able to share with you what has really been going on. Let me share some things about Joe, things that you and I remember in a very wonderful way. Your mom has watched you from seven, of course, growing up and watched how you navigated all of this. And the one thing she's always said is that God has really put his hand in your life with children, that you're kind of like the Pied Piper of kids. Now, part of it is you always were taller than most of the kids, but more than that, you knew how to love the kids, but you knew how to keep them in boundaries, and you knew the purpose of all of that was to bring them to Christ, and kids just really navigated around you. You knew how to just be a kid, but not act like a kid kind of a thing. And I'm very, very proud of that. The other is, is how you always are thinking about a kid coming to faith alone in Jesus Christ. Now, the other thing that I noticed is as you're growing up and learning to kind of get those social graces is that there was a leadership dynamic about you, that God was wiring you, so to speak, maybe through the grooming, your shape, we'll call it, but also spiritual gifts in the leadership. And so I'd like to transition into the area now. You are in a leadership role in the industry of fitness today. Now, you could have gone into many different areas, and uh, I'm so very proud and honor you for what you're doing in the fitness industry. And later on, I'll share with our people maybe a little bit more, but I'd like you to talk about the whole fitness industry. What You rolled into that direction. How do you see sense that that was what God wanted you to do for this large season of your life. It may not be your whole life, but it is the largest season of your life. You haven't jumped from job to job to job. You stayed in that industry. So that's telling me fitness is important to you. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you, uh, going into the fitness industry was kind of an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, In the military, I was a master trainer in the army and I really enjoyed it. And once I got out of the military, I dabbled here and there in different stuff and was led by a friend of mine who was uh, working for a certain large gym chain membership to go into fitness. And and I did that. And once I got a taste of it, it absolutely blew me away. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, it's that feeling of knowing that you've helped somebody. Mm, Uh, And I can tell you from, from people that were suffering from fibromyalgia to people that were suffering from depression to uh, people that were suffering from rejection and and that sort of thing. And I, Back to what you were saying about um, uh, being able to work with the kids and, and, and how this ties in here is strongly believe in the sovereignty of God and looking mm-hmm. back on the path of my life. Now, we don't always see it when we're doing it. But when I look back on the path of my life, like a river is taken, mm-hmm. I can see the bends and the turns and, and the rapids that God has taken me through to develop me into the person that I am today. And one of the reasons I was able to relate to kids that well mm-hmm. was because I know what they needed because mm-hmm. I felt that before 
I was adopted with you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you guys fulfilled that need in me and, and satisfied that need of love and whatnot. But I, I uh, related to them in the sense that I know what a child feels like when they need that attention and need that love and so on and so forth. Well, take that and tie that into fitness. Mm-hmm. And outside of the training, which I've taken, which is phenomenal, it's the the emotional attachment that is built between a trainer and Ah, a client. mm -hmm. Uh, And with that, it gives me a a great foundation to go in many different directions. People don't realize that in personal training, you really serve many different roles. Mm -hmm. You're a motivator. You hold people accountable. (laughs) You are uh, their psychologist, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that sort of thing. And it really gives an opportunity for my faith, for my testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite honestly, to be selfish, that they'll pay off that I get that emotional payoff when I go home knowing, hey, I've helped somebody today. And that's what's really kept me in the industry is just that passion for people. I love that answer. And that's excellent. You said something a moment ago that I'd like you to open up just a little bit more. And then as you mentioned how that there is that emotional attachment, kind of when you're working with someone that really needs help and they're seeing getting some victories, etc. People sometimes will look at the fitness industry and guys like you and gals, you know, you're big, strong, you're all talking about how you look and it's about your, your appearance. And so there's a lot of attraction, physical attraction. What do you do as a Christian in the fitness industry to still speak into their lives, deal with them, male and female, but still properly have some bit of a, of a natural, spiritual, natural kind of a guard all shield around you so that it doesn't step over the line? Because I have never known you to have that step over the line. You've always been very careful and you knew where the line was drawn and you did it with a lot of grace. How do you do that in the fitness industry as a Christian? Uh, Boldness. Uh, and to be quite honest, um, I carry my relationship. I carry my relationship with God very upfront. And I think I'm preemptive in, in good, disarming good anything word. that could happen there in the sense that uh, I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. I'm here to help you. And quite honestly, that has really helped me be successful in this business as well. People relate to that humility mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that I'm not here in your face. Hey, look at my guns, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm here because you have a, you have an issue and I'm here to help you with that. So it, it has never really become an issue for me uh, in that sense that I have to uh, be tempted or mm-hmm. because like I said, preemptively, we've taken care of that. So I already know that I'm, I'm not in that position. I'm not that type of person. Most of our <laughs> listeners might think that there are very few dedicated Christians in the fitness industry. And now watching your life develop and how God has taken you, I'm meeting some of those Christians that are dedicated Christians in the industry. So talk to me a little bit about that. Do you find them in there? And what do you guys do to strengthen yourselves, even though you're in this fleshy type of industry? That's a great question. I'll tell you, especially the timing that you asked me that question is phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to name drop. I'm working for a company called TrueFit. I have been in the industry over 20 years. Mm -hmm. This is the first company that I have ever been with that I felt so comfortable being an outspoken Christian. Mm -hmm. The company is led by... Christians, dedicated Christians, not mm-hmm. just, hey, I go to church on Sunday. My direct management and my fitness manager, very strong, on fire for God, mm-hmm. as well as many of my family uh, family members, I call them family, sure. uh, any of many of my team members as well. So it's really awesome in the sense that there's just that freedom and that strength that we go in together. I remember just the other day, we were, we were talking about a future venture. My, my manager said, can you imagine the opportunity for as a missionary that that would mm-hmm. offer us to hear that from 
from somebody that I work with in a professional mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. It just gives such a, a freedom to be comfortable with that. I know that you live in San Antonio and we have a lot of family and friends here. And so your mom and I came into town. That's why we're here doing the recording here in San Antonio. You brought your fitness manager. I guess you would call him that mm-hmm. district fitness manager. And it was so nice to hear him really love the Lord. He loved the preaching that he heard his wife as well. And to know that you guys are kind of working together to do the industry right, to honor your company, but also honor the Lord as well. So I really appreciate that. Again, let me just let you know that we are interviewing Joe Pons. He's our son, and he's been a great son. I'm so honored to have him as my son. His mother loves him to death, and we have a great relationship. And so if you just tuned in, we're glad that you could be here. We only have a few minutes left, and we're going to do something different now. I've been interviewing Joe. He now is going to take on the role of the interviewer, and I'll be the interviewee. Let me also assure you that from the beginning to end, we did not script this. Oh, we did want to talk about adoption and growing up in a Christian home, this busy Christian home, and the fitness industry to to some degree. Well, that's it, but we didn't know what everyone was going to say. And I wanted it to be that way because I really trust Joe. I know he loves the Lord. I wanted you to hear his heart so he didn't have to try to figure out what I should say. Just be you, and being you is what you just heard. He's very authentic and transparent. So, Joe, we have a few minutes left, so I'm going to turn the microphone, so to speak, speak over to you and you get a chance to ask me. Okay. Now don't ask me if Adam had a belly button because he didn't have a mother, not questions like that, but other good questions. You go right ahead. I am super excited with the timing of this because you guys may or may not know, but we're recording this right before Father's Day. So this is a really great opportunity Mm -hmm. to to make a memory together Ah, and and to start a, a, maybe a tradition. You like that. I want to start with asking you some questions about what it was like on the opposite side. You're asking me what it's like to come from a secular, being uh, um, an orphan into a family that was full on 100% for God. Mm-hmm. Well, what was it like bringing a seven-year-old into your family? I was a wild child, for lack of better terms. <laughs> well, and he probably had a, a wild parent, too, <laughs> at the same time. Well, first of all, I, as you already know, but our listeners, Carol and I were not able to have kids. And so for there was a period of time in our life, do we want to adopt or we not want to adopt? And so we decided we will adopt. And in God's sovereignty, we didn't get an infant. They asked if we wanted to take on an older child. And so we said, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Now, you have to understand, I have all this Bible. I taught family. I've been in college to learn this material. So you kind of have the book already written, okay? When it was all done in my mind and Joe came into, the, into our life, there were cer- certain things that we needed to do. We're not going to beat the child. You know, we're going to rear him in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But I have to tell you, and I've said this for ever since we've adopted Joe, Carol and I will share. We literally learn more about child growth and development, young adult growth and development by being a parent to Joe. God really brought Joe into our life to complete us, not to finish us off. Sometimes we thought that, but really just to complete us. We are better people today as a direct result of having you and our, our family. And I, I thank the Lord. And so whatever little wildness that you got, it taught us to go down that path and that God is still there and in time. One interesting thing, and our listeners might identify, I remember us doing devotions. We did a Thursday morning as a family and before they would go to school, before I go off to the office. And, and when we would do that, you know, I'm doing the devotion thing, maybe a little preaching and it didn't take an offering, but we did all of that. And, uh, I'd be looking at Joe and he's looking at the ceiling and, you know, and you wonder, does he really get this? Well, then as he matured, it was interesting because we'd have conversations just like we're having right now. And so much was in him. I mean, he just soaked it all in like a sponge 
And now he's living it, and he then repeats what he's learned back then. So I guess I would say if you have kids, give them a break. They're really learning a lot more. They're taking a lot in, even though you don't think that they are. So that would be my answer. So growing up, we were taught Mm -hmm. by you the uh, priorities, God, Mm -hmm. family, Mm -hmm. job. Now, in in our situation, it's a little bit different because, in essence, your job was God. Yes. So... How did you balance that out? And how would you suggest to other family members that are in the ministry how they balance that out with their family? Because you did so well at it. I have to tell you, that is an absolute excellent question because I approach it a little differently than others. The way we were taught in seminary and Bible college was God first, you know, family second, just like he said, and then ministry or job third. And I got thinking when we do that, then we're just kind of compartmentalizing all of this stuff. And I don't think that's biblical. So as I read through scripture, especially in Matthew, it talks about love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind and love others and how important that is. That's very critical. So I decided I'm not going to do that priority that I'm going to use the diagram of a wheel, that Jesus Christ is at the center of our life. And one spoke is church or or ministry, and one spoke is family, another spoke is personal exercise, etc. But to be balanced, Christ is at the center, and each one needs to be balanced. Occasionally, I will spend more time with family. Other times, the family needs to see we'll spend more time in ministry. So if I put Christ at the center, not at the top, but at the center, it worked better for, for me. And it seems like it's worked better now for us. Fantastic. I really like that answer uh, because it's more of a balance rather than a, a stair set. Sure. So that's, that's great. Awesome. In today's time, mm-hmm. with things that are going on, I want to play a, um, maybe a word association game with you. I'm going to say a word, and I would like for you to explain what that means to you in the sense of family and in the sense of what's going on in today's world. Okay. okay? And the word that's really been on my mind is kindness. Kindness. I say kindness. What do you think of what comes to your mind? Very similar word in the scriptures would be gentleness. And I go back to Jesus Christ, okay? Because if we're going to live a gentle life, that's important. But if it's only being gentle to everybody, but we're not adding value to them, we're going to get all the credit. My, what a gentle person that is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't go any further than that. So I go back to scripture. In the book of John, it says the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So let's kind of put kindness, gentleness, and grace in one little box, okay? Mm -hmm. It says grace and truth came by Jesus twice in that same chapter of, of, of John. And I thought, isn't that interesting? It didn't say truth. It said grace. And so I got thinking, before we shoot our arrows, we ought to dip them in honey. If it's all dipped in honey and it's too much honey and we don't really confront somebody, that arrow will never reach its target or will slide off. If it's only just an arrow, it's going to slaughter the person and that person may never heal. So we need to show grace and truth together. So when I think of kindness and I think of gentleness, I have to think of grace. And when I think of grace, I think of the um, ace of grace, Jesus Christ. What does Father's Day mean to you? Father's Day means a lot to me. As you know, your grandfather, who is now in heaven, he was a wonderful man to me. He had a balance of discipline. He had a balance of modeling and mentoring me and really drawing close to me. So I look at Father's Day as a responsibility to not only honor dad, but we ought to honor dad, not just because he birthed a child, so to speak, you know, but that he's taken on the role of a model to model truth, to be a mentor to speak truth in the other person's life, but more not, you got to get it right. It's more asking questions and guiding them. The other is to minister. There's a time to serve your kids. You know, they really have a need. Your daughter doesn't know how to ride her bike. You help her do that. The son is struggling here. You serve them, but you don't just serve only. You're modeling and then you're mentoring, okay? The other is manage a little bit. And manage basically means that what we're going to do is sit down and give direction 
to them. And we kind of talk about priorities and goal setting and seeing how they're doing with their funding and their Bible study time and their schoolwork, et cetera, what we're managing. So Father's Day is a time to for the fathers to go back, re- regroup, remember what they're here for, okay? And it's also time for the kids then to look at dad. And no dad's perfect. We, we, I'm a wild dad, you're a wild son, that kind of deal. But if you take a white sheet of paper, you put some dots on it, there's still more white than there are the dots, okay? Mm-hmm. And so don't focus so much on the dots, focus on the white sheet of paper. Well, I think we're out of time. Okay, All right. that went fast. I, it did, and I would like our listeners to know that maybe something we said today spurred a thought in your mind, and maybe a question, maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe it's nothing that we talked about, but you really sensed something through our dialogue back and forth with Joe, and you'd like to have some help. Let me encourage you to write us, if you will. All you have to do is email us at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. That's tellmemore at makeitclear.org. And we would be glad to chat with you. If you'd like to speak to Joe privately, you can certainly write us and say, would you have Joe contact me? And we'll be glad to do that as well. We really love you. We don't know all of you, but we really care for you. We want to be here to serve you. We want you to know that Jesus Christ is alive. He loves you. He proved his love to you and me when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again so that we could have eternal life by faith alone in him. I also want to thank those of you that are Christians that see the value of our program, make it clear, and you'd like to support us. Every penny that you give goes into our media ministry as you give it this way. And so if you have something that you'd like to give, we'd certainly like for you to do that. You can email it to or mail it to us, or you could also uh, go to the website and give securely on that. The website address is simply makeitclear.org. That's makeitclear.org. Joe, I love you. Thanks for being on the program. I love you too. Thanks. This has been a dream of mine. God bless you. God bless all of you. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.